You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. A bitter root bears a bitter and dangerous and poisonous fruit. And it all starts at the root. In other words, get it at the root. Deal with it at the root. Don't let it grow. Don't let it go. It will defile you. It will destroy you as it did Ahithophel. Bitterness is so deadly. Pastor J.D. teaches us about the perils of allowing bitterness to grow inside us. It's almost too easy to be bitter, but bitterness is like acid. It'll eat you up from the inside out, leaving you unrecognizable. Pastor J.D. says to stop it before it destroys you and those around you. Are you letting bitterness rule over you, your thoughts and your actions? Cut it out of your life today. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 55 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Attend to me and hear me. I am restless in my complaint and moan noisily. This is a very emotional psalm. Verse 3, he says why. Why does he moan noisily? Why is he restless in his complaint? Why is he begging God to hearken unto the voice of his cry and give ear to his prayer? Because, verse 3, of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Stop right there. You know, it's it's so easy when, and, and really even in the Psalms, when you read a verse, you just read the words off the page of your Bible. But listen to what he just said here. He just said that he's in so much emotional pain, and he is in sheer terror that he's going to die, that death is certain and inevitable. And this is why he cannot rest. I, I picture him. Have you ever been so fearful, which is what he says in verse 5, fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. These are not just poetic words penned in this psalm. This is how he felt. This is what he was experiencing, literally trembling, shaking in fear. David? Yes, David. Is that okay? Yeah. I think about what Oswald Chambers said. He said, God never faults a man for despair. God never holds it against us. I mean, throughout all of Scripture, those who were in such fear were in good company. It's, it's no wonder that even in the Gospels, Jesus would say repeatedly to the disciples, let not your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. I think about Joshua, a great book, by the way, for anyone who is 
finding themselves fearful and discouraged. How many times? Just in the first chapter, God says to Joshua, do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. I mean, here he's just now replaced Moses as the deliverer of God's people. Uh, I hope this doesn't sound too crass, but those are some big sandals to fill. This was Moses we're talking about. And now Joshua's going to take his place. He is trembling in fear. And I think about Paul. You wouldn't think that of Paul, right? But we're getting to know the Apostle Paul in our study through the epistles. But for those of you who are with us in the book of Acts, what a great book. But I think it's about Acts 18. And the Lord appears to Paul, and Paul is actually so full of fear, like David here, he thinks this is how it ends. And God just reassures him, no, this is not how it ends. Do not be afraid. Now why would God say, do not be afraid, especially to the likes of an Apostle Paul? Because Paul's afraid. Yeah, but Paul's the Apostle Paul. Oh yeah. But he was afraid. He was afraid. These great men, and even women, that we have in our Bibles, who found themselves like David is here, just so full of fear. I mean, to the point where it's just sheer terror. I mean, and it's affecting you physically. You're shaking. You're overwhelmed. You're, I mean, just the horror of it. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever just had this terror fall upon you and this fear fill your heart? I mean, it's so bad that you want to do what David says he wants to do here in verse 6. So I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Have you ever just been at the end and thought to yourself, man, if I could just fly away, (laughs) run away, get away, get out of this. I mean, you're just looking for immediate relief from the pain, from the fear, from the horror. This is David. This is where he's at at this time. And we're going to see here what was happening shortly. So, verse 7, indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness, Selah. I would hasten, verse 8, my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord. Now notice he's turning a corner here in verse 9. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their... Here's here's an interesting uh, word and imagery. Divide their tongues. Oh, that's interesting. So we got, we got the tongue uh, problem here again. Yes, we do. You can't even believe what's happening to him. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls. Iniquity and trouble are also in the midst of it. Destruction, verse 11, is in its midst oppression, and here it is again, deceit, do not depart 
from its streets, for it is not an enemy who reproaches me. Oh, we got some detail now. Then I could bear it. Oh, I wish it was an enemy. You would expect this from an enemy, but this is no enemy. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me. Oh, then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man, my equal. What? Oh, wow, this was a close friend. Yes, it was. My companion and my acquaintance, we took sweet counsel together, verse 14, and walked to the house of God in the throng. Now listen to what he prays and asks the Lord for. Let death seize them. Let them go down alive into hell. Lest you think that's too strong, you need to understand what's really going on. He says, for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. The implication is that they're not calling on God. God's not in what they're doing. God's not in this. This is wickedness. This is deceit. This comes from the pit of hell. Verse 17, evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. This is what he's saying. I, I'm praying all day, every day, throughout the day. And I'm crying aloud. I mean, my voice, it, the neighbors can hear me. <laughs> I'm crying out loud. And you know what? God's going to hear. God's going to hear me. He's not hearing them. They're not even crying out to him in what they're doing. Verse 18, he has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. For there were many against me, and there were many. In fact, now yeah, I don't want to get ahead of myself. When this is all said and done, I want to make sure I'm accurate here. If my memory serves me correctly, I want to say there are going to be over 20,000 people that are going to die because of what's happening here. Needlessly, again, like the 85 priests in Psalm 52. He says, verse 19, God will hear and afflict them, even he who abides from old, Selah, because they do not change. Therefore, they do not fear God. What do we know to be true about the fear of God? The Proverbs tells us that to fear God is to hate evil. There was no fear of God in their eyes. They had no fear of God, which explains the evil. Verse 20, he, we're talking specifically about this man that we're going to talk about more in a moment. He has put forth his hands against those who were at peace with him. He has broken his covenant. The words of his mouth, there it is again, the words of his mouth, there is the power of life and death in the tongue. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter. But war was in his heart. And his words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. 
Cast your burden on the Lord, and He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Again, the implication here is that David is in the right. He's on the right side of what's happening here. He's righteous in the sight of God, and he will not be moved because of it. But you, verse 23, O God, shall bring them down to the pit of destruction, bloodthirsty, and here it is again. Read it for yourself. Deceitful men, the lying tongue, the deceitful tongue. Deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. I love that psalm, and I'll never tire of repeating it, because David says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you, and when I trust in you, I will not be afraid. Now that's not a play on words. In other words, when, not if I'm afraid, and David's afraid. <laughs> when I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. Now here's what happens. When I put my trust in you, I'm no longer afraid. So when I'm afraid, I'm going to put my trust in you, because when I put my trust in you, I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> That's almost pretty simple, isn't it? That's what he's saying here at the end of the psalm. Who's he talking about? Well, again, for those who were with us during our study through 1 Samuel, we were introduced to a guy by the name of Ahithophel. Very interesting man. It was said of him that when he spoke, it was as the oracles of God. In other words, it was as if you were hearing God's word spoken by God himself. When this man spoke, he had the wisdom of God. He was blessed of God. He was anointed of God. He was David's most trusted confidant and advisor and friend. Ahithophel was his name. David would not make a move without Ahithophel's counsel. And David loved Ahithophel. And he even alluded to it here. You have to understand in the Middle Eastern culture, when you break bread with somebody, you're loyal for the rest of your life. You'll even go to your death. When you break bread with somebody in the Middle East, we lose that here in our, our culture, because it's a it's a, a bonding, it's a union that is formed when you eat with somebody. And so this, this was a guy, a friend, a trusted friend, a loyal friend, that David would sup with all the time. This was his closest friend, it could be argued. So what happened? Why did all of a sudden Ahithophel turn on David? And you know the story. You know what he did, right? Well, he teams up with Absalom, David's son, who forms a coup to dethrone David and even to kill David. And David is so afraid that he flees Jerusalem and runs from his own son. And he recruited all of these men, thousands of men, who had joined with Absalom in this revolt against David. So David's on the run again, again, this time from his own son. And Ahithophel is just waiting by the phone for a call 
from Absalom. Couldn't wait for this day. He had been seething in anger for what's believed to be a period of about 10 years for something like this to happen. Why is Ahithophel so angry with David? Oh, See, Ahithophel had a granddaughter that he loved very much. Her name was Bathsheba. And David committed adultery with Ahithophel's granddaughter. And he could never forgive David. God forgave David. God forgave him. Ahithophel could not forgive him for what he did. And then to have his granddaughter's husband, Uriah the Hittite, murdered basically. We talked about this in, in Psalm 51. He could not forgive David for what he did to his granddaughter and her husband. And he became very bitter. And that's the lesson of Psalm 55. The lesson is the deadliness of bitterness. David is talking about Ahithophel in this psalm. He says, I could have dealt with it. I could have actually handled it, at least handled it better if it were an enemy. But my closest friend that has turned on me and now wants to kill me? Psalm 55 is a little more intense. It fills in some of the blanks because it not only deals with the deadliness of bitterness, but it also deals with the deadliness of vengeance. Because that's what bitterness can ultimately lead to. See, this was now Ahithophel's chance to meet out vengeance and get back at David for what David did to him and his granddaughter. But here's the thing. It would lead to Ahithophel's death. You know how he dies? He takes his own life. And he commits suicide after he hears that Absalom was killed by David's military commander, Joab. David gave explicit instructions not to kill Absalom. And Joab, some believe, and I would have to tend to agree, that Joab made the right decision in going against David and killing David's own son, Absalom. He would be put to death. And then, again, I'm a little rusty with my memory, but I want to say that it was over 20,000 people that would meet with their death because of this. Try to get your mind around that. All because of bitterness leading to vengeance leading to death. Ahithophel didn't have to die, not especially not that way. Absalom did not need to die. Absalom had his own bitterness towards his father. That's a whole other study. And again, we talked at length in depth about Absalom when we were in First and Second Samuel. He was very bitter towards his father. Bitterness is the only thing that can explain, not excuse, explain what can turn somebody against another in this way. I want to end, and I'm sorry I'm ending on such a (laughs) sour note, but maybe it just needs to be. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 12, verse 15, I think really sums it up. He says, see to it 
that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up, sprouts up, if you prefer, to cause trouble and defile many. That's what a bitter root that is allowed to germinate and sprout will always bear. A bitter root bears a bitter and dangerous and poisonous fruit. And it all starts at the root. In other words, get it at the root. Deal with it at the root. Don't let it grow. Don't let it go. It will defile you. It will destroy you as it did Ahithophel. Bitterness is so deadly, left unchecked. Here's uh, maybe a a better way to end the Bible study. (laughs) It's not what's been done to you. It's what Jesus did for you. Let me say the same thing in a different way. This has helped me over the years with some of the things that were done against me, and I so easily could have let bitterness take root. I almost did in one particular instance, without going into the details, no need. But I found myself very angry, and I was, the anger was giving way to bitterness, and it was just eating me up from the inside. And what God ministered to me and really delivered me, the way that God delivered me from my bitterness and the deadly potential of my bitterness, and it could have destroyed me. I I would not be in the ministry. I doubt very much I'd still be married. I certainly wouldn't be here, as is my privilege to be as the pastor of this amazing church, had God not delivered me from this. And the way He delivered me from it was to remind me that it's not what's been done to me, it's what He did for me. And that changed everything. I mean, let's let's be honest. (laughs) What do we really deserve? And Jesus died for me and paid in full for me, for all of my sin, and I'm saved for all eternity. That's what He did for me. That changes the whole complexion of what anyone could ever do to me in this life when I realize what Jesus did for me for eternal life. That just changed everything for me. And it was a lifting. I mean, I just, it, it just lifted from me. And I just was like, oh. And no longer was my focus on what was done to me because now my eyes were on Jesus who did that for me. And the bitterness went away. Maybe that's a word for somebody here tonight. The poetry of the Psalms evokes emotions of all kinds. The authors' lives were as varied as their songs, yet each point to truth we can't deny. God is still God, always in control, and forever loving His creation. We can rest in the knowledge that our Heavenly Father cares for us deeply and is supporting us, calming us and providing life everlasting. We hope today's teaching on In Spirit and Truth stays with you as you continue on in your day, reminding you of truth and love at every turn. If you'd enjoy listening to more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
we do treasure our connection with our listeners, we'd like you to be a part of our social media community. Follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area too. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church is an incredible blessing in your faith experience. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join Pastor J.D. again to continue studying the Psalms right here on In Spirit and Truth.